Good morning. It's Iowimala, and it is Thursday, Earth Day, April 22nd. I have a, a copy of a painting made by a Texas artist several years ago. It's the Hill Country. And you, if you have color, I mean, if you can see the color, there are blue, bonnet, blue bonnets covering the the ground, and that's in uh, the hill country in Texas, where my dad grew up and where a lot of my relatives lived, and it's still my favorite part of Texas. But I thought, for Earth Day, it's time to bring it out again. So um, I always think about trees on Earth Day, and I think about the Buddha being born under the trees, not in the palace, and becoming enlightened, sitting under the Bodhi tree, the bow tree, and um, that's made it a famous tree of the world. And then when he died, he made sure he wasn't in a palace. He wasn't in a luxurious uh, garden that someone had prepared for him or his monks. He he was out in a in a very uh, secluded forest, probably a little bit more like a jungle to us than a forest, but he wanted to be away from the cities and the uh, and crowds and was out in nature. So when we celebrate uh, the life of the Buddha, we're celebrating all of those uh, situations, and he was almost always out of doors. So... That's always my reminder that about how special Earth Day should be for all of us. So let's start today. I'm going to read the last reading from Don't Look Down on the Defilements, but it's the advice that uh, Sayadaw Tejaniya gives about the right attitude for meditation. So I'm going to read that, and then that's... We don't need to read more from this little book, but it's great. I recommend it to be right next to you all the time. So I'd like to begin with Pema Chodron's, uh, she often recites this at the beginning of programs that she does, and she she mentions it in her book, Welcoming the Unwelcome. May bodhicitta, precious and sublime, arise where it has not yet come to be, and where it has arisen may it never fail, but grow and flourish ever more and more. And we remember that bodhicitta is that awakened heart. So that's what we're always, everything we do should be trying to help our heart and mind keep opening up, not shutting down. Even when it's hard, try to keep it keep it open. So let's read from Sayadaw Tejaniya's book. Don't look down on the defilements, they will laugh at you. And it's little, you can carry it in a pocket pretty much. So this is the very end of this little book, and it's uh, there are 23 points. So I'd like to read these because 
This is so important for us to um, really go into our meditation practice with uh, not only the right attitude, but the right understanding, and let our meditation practice uh, really be a refuge for us and really let it be a kind of training for the way we live our lives. And if we, if we don't understand it or we're not doing it from the right, uh, from the appropriate mindset, then we may be, we may not be really uh, working to the maximum benefit of our mind and it may not be as helpful as it can be. So what is the right attitude for meditation? Number one, meditating is acknowledging and observing whatever happens, whether pleasant or unpleasant, in a relaxed way. Two, meditating is watching and waiting patiently with awareness and understanding. Meditation is not trying to experience something you have read or heard about. Three, just pay attention to the present moment. Don't get lost in thoughts about the, ha- about the past. Don't get carried away by thoughts about the future. Four, when meditating, both the mind and the body should be comfortable. Five, if the mind and the body are getting tired, something is wrong in the way you are practicing, and it is time to check the way you are meditating. Six, why do you focus so hard when you meditate? Do you want something? Do you want something to happen? Do you want something to stop happening? Check to see if one of these attitudes is present. Seven, the meditating mind should be relaxed and at peace. You cannot practice when the mind is tense. Eight, Don't focus too hard. Don't control. Neither force nor restrict yourself. Nine, don't try to create anything and don't reject what is happening. Just be aware. Ten, trying to create something is greed. Rejecting what is happening is aversion. Not knowing if something is happening or has stopped happening is delusion. That's a really important way to be able to look at your thoughts. 11. Only to the extent that the observing mind has no greed, aversion, or anxiety are you truly meditating. 12. Don't have any expectations. Don't want anything. Don't be anxious. Because if these attitudes are in your mind, it becomes difficult to meditate. 13. You are not trying to make things turn out the way you want them to happen. You are trying to know what is happening as it is. 14. What is the mind doing? Thinking. Being aware. Let me read that one again, okay? What is the mind doing? Thinking. Being aware. 15. Where is the mind's attention now? Inside? Outside? 
16 is the watching or observing mind properly aware or only superficially aware. 17. Don't practice with a mind that wants something or wants something to happen. The result will only be that you tire yourself out. 18. You have to accept and watch both good and bad experiences. You want only good experiences? You don't want even the tiniest unpleasant experience? Is this reasonable? Is this the way of the Dhamma? 19. You have to double-check to see what attitude you are meditating with. A light and free mind enables you to meditate well. Do you have the right attitude? 20. Don't feel disturbed by the thinking mind. You are not practicing to prevent thinking, but rather to recognize and acknowledge thinking whenever it arises. 21. Don't reject any object that comes to your attention. Get to know the defilements that arise in relation to the object and keep examining the defilements. 22. The object of attention is not really important. The observing mind that is working in the background to be aware is of real importance. If the observing is done with the right attitude, any object is the right object. 23. Only when there is faith or confidence, and that's in Pali, that's sadha, sadha, effort will arise. So only when there is faith or confidence, effort will arise. Only when there is effort or energy, mindfulness will become continuous. Only when mindfulness is continuous, stability of mind will become established. Only when stability of mind and that samadhi is established, you will start understanding things as they are. When you start understanding things as they are, and that's panya or wisdom, faith will grow stronger. So that is a beautiful cycle. We begin, we have to begin with some amount of faith or confidence, sadha. It has to be confidence in the process or even a little bit, even just a little tiny bit of confidence or faith. Just uh, someone that you really trust has, has told you about meditation, so you, you have faith in what they told you, at least to start. Then you put in the effort, which is vidya, and then mindfulness can become continuous. That's what we're always working on, being mindful from the time you wake up until the time you wake up again. And mindfulness is sati. And when sati is continuous, then stability of mind, which is samadhi, we often use the definition concentration, but I think it's much better to think of it as uh, stability of the mind. So, 
when stability of the mind or samadhi is established. That's when we start understanding things as they really are. When we understanding things as they are, that's our panya, our wisdom, then our confidence, our faith will grow stronger because we've shown ourselves and we've experienced these things for ourselves. That's a wonderful way to end the book. So, uh, we were talking in the in meditation last night. It was the question and answer the third Wednesday evening, and um, someone had asked about mala bracelets, and they had they had gotten one from the temple. It was a bracelet, but uh, Todd reminded everyone that the uh, traditional mala uh, mala beads are set with a hundred and eight, or uh, there might be a, a you know, it might, it might be, you might have 50, I guess you can have 54 or 27. And um, he mentioned that the 108 comes from the, the uh, basic list of defilements, and then you can multiply those numbers by uh, the different categories of uh, the defilements where they are within us. So I think uh, Sayadaw Tejaniya, Usayadaw Tejaniya, really has taught us a lot, me for sure, about the defilements and made them be, uh, gotten them down to a level where it's easier and easier for me to see them, to recognize them. And when it come, when they come up and I can see them in my meditation or I see them in just the way I am, when I'm trying to be present or practicing mindfulness, I can be, when I'm just observing and being aware, I can see how they arise in the patterns of my thoughts or the, or the, the first reaction of how I would react to something or how I would uh, typically respond and, and then recognize that there could be a defilement there in that response. So I think a lot of what we've looked at together with you, Sayadaw Tejaniya, has been very helpful for me. I hope it has for you. So we have 10 minutes where we can practice. So we can just sit in awareness or you can let your sitting be uh, working with these 23 points to remember. Maybe some of them, maybe one or two of them is still really present in your mind. You can just let that be uh, something that can you can look at, investigate while we sit, or just sit in calmness and tranquility and be aware of that. Be aware of how good that feels and we're learning to calm our bodies and be able to do that. So close your eyes if you can, or if you, if you don't need to be watching something like a child, or if you're walk, doing walking meditation, 
Remember, let your body be comfortable. So we want the body to know that the body is awake, the body is attentive, but we're also comfortable and relaxed and at ease. It's not going to be of benefit or it's not going to work if we're tense, if the mind is tense. Be aware of the breath. So the breath begins as the, the object of our attention. And like he said, that the object doesn't matter. You could be gazing at the floor. You could be completely focused on your breath. You could be, if you're investigating one of these um, points about meditation, that could become the object of your attention, some aspect of your meditation practice. If it is, we just want to be with it, to observe it. And we can investigate it just by looking at it from all different angles. We're not trying to think it through. We're trying to just be observing attentively. With each exhale, let your shoulders come down a bit. With each inhale, be aware of how it's bringing life into your body.
Can you feel your mind letting go? Or are you hanging on to some, some issue or something that you, you've been thinking about? Try not to hang on to anything. Just let everything go. Now let's end by just breathing in and out with gratitude for the earth, with gratitude for the life it gives us, each breath feel the life, that, that oxygen, that air we're breathing in. Breathe out gratitude to everything, all the life that is being sustained on this earth. 
We can feel a renewed commitment to do our part, no matter how small, to do our part to change the way that we denigrate the earth, the way that the ways that we may still act that are not beneficial to the earth. Just make a renewal of your effort. May the actions that we take towards the good, towards understanding ourselves, towards being more peaceful, be of benefit to all beings everywhere, including our Mother Earth. Thank you. And Susan, you asked to see the book again. Okay, here's the book. I know it's probably backwards for you. It's a little tiny book. It's about five, you know, five by three. It's called Don't Look Down on the Defilements. They will laugh at you. We can think of we can think of this picture. Look at that. And there's a little, I think it's a little mouse. Maybe that's Mother Earth looking down on on all of us. And uh, you can get this, it's a, it's a donation only book if you go to his, uh, the website. Let's see if it's here. It's the Vipassana Metta Foundation. And you can easily find it on line, but maybe I can give it to you. It's in Berkeley, California, so it's easy to get. You can get all of his wonderful books, and they're all wonderful. One of them that, that was the first one I read, Awareness is Not Enough, is no longer in print, but they have a, you can get a free PDF copy of that book uh, at this same web at this website so it's wisdom streams foundation uh, it's it, it's www.wisdomstreams.org slash Donna d-a-n-a so They'll send it to you for free, but I think if if you make a donation, that will certainly help them pay the postage. And they have there are so many books that they offer, and I recommend all of his books. So, thank you again for joining me and being part of my practice, everyone. And I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>